Okay, you ready to start this show? Uh, your host of the evening is a really funny dude. Um, I forgot his last name, but I've seen him before and he's really funny. Uh, give it up for Mike. Coming to you live on tape from the lucky 13th floor of a commercial high rise in beautiful Beverly Hills, adjacent California. From the studios of Sirius XM West, boasting an obstructed view of the world-famous Hollywood sign, this is The Tully Show. I am your host, Mike Tully. Joining me today, a thought-provoking and mind-expanding comedian who has appeared on Conan O'Brien and Jimmy Kimmel. He hosts the science-centric Here We Are podcast, is about to both embark on the stand-up science live tour, and uh, has created, I've garbled my language here, has created the documentary Psychonautics, a comics exploration of psychedelics. That was a lot of words. Hello, and welcome, Shane Moss. You got them all in. You did great. Almost everyone. Thank you. I've got... I I'll practice on that on now. my podcast. Yeah, uh, I I always tell my guests I go. I'm probably gonna take ten takes at this introduction. Like, what, there's something about introduction. Once I get through the introduction, yeah. mm-hmm. smooth sailing. But I can't. I can never remember names, title. I always oh, I, I flub something. Yeah, even even I can be reading it right off of it. Just doesn't matter. I'm this is the part that I dread. I don't dread this in real life. Mm-hmm. The banter after the introduction, but it's such an unnatural part of a radio show. I'm going to yeah. talk to you for 51 minutes and 25 seconds, and I have no doubt that by the time we get to about six minutes, we're just going to be yeah rolling rolling on a river. Uh, when when is best friend Mark? Like 11 minutes in, or are we going to get there? Where early? we hug? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just you you move as close to me as you feel comfortable. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> <laughs> we'll feel it out. We'll see how it goes. Well, I will tell you, I don't like doing the picture before. Oh, because okay. I know we're. I, so I have a feeling you and I are going to get along, and uh-huh. and at, and it would just be this really feigned. I don't know that. I just necessarily... started doing pictures recently because I, uh, I, I don't like them, mm-hmm. but I feel like you're supposed to. So I'm I'm all ears. So you don't well, do the, it before. Well, at the end, now we've got we've got banter, we've got right. jokes. It's not weird that somebody who just. You know, valeted their car, came up in an elevator, got a terrible cup of coffee, and you know, signed a release. Now all of a sudden, I'm up in your armpit, and we're posing like we're best friends for yeah, a right. staged photo in front of a step and repeat with lights on us and an intern snapping yeah. it. You know, in 45 minutes, we'll be like best of friends, and right. that'll be just another one of our adventures for our staged photo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't like them. I'm a terrible. My Instagram is uh, is Hitlerish in that regard. <laughs> I, I have no people. Uh, I have uh, I have someone doing uh, I have someone doing it for me, and I don't really do much of the Instagram. I deleted Twitter from my phone yeah. uh, like a month ago. I get that, and yeah, feel good about it. I do. What I do you do, What do you do though? Because sometimes I, I'm sometimes I'm good about not doing the things that are counterproductive and and what, what, what undesirable on my phone, but I still like do urinate and stuff. So I do actually still need to fill the void. Yeah, what I phone don't stuff. Do you do? Oh, I don't. Uh, nothing. I don't. I don't oh, do real, the old school. Yeah, I. I think uh, recently the the last thing when I was like, I'm, I'm gonna kill some time on my phone. I went through my contacts and just started deleting like ones that I didn't remember who they were or whatever. I've had my phone for 15 years or whatever. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, that was my fun little. I'm gonna kill two minutes here. 
quick. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I email a lot on my phone. I, I conduct a lot of business on my phone, I guess. So, uh, and text friends. I don't know. Do you need to? I mean, while you're peeing, you need to. Especially, like just, especially when I'm peeing. Not so much at, at home. So you're peeing mm-hmm. and you're going, this is just unbearably boring. I've done this, I, this, I've done this, this so many times. Seconds. The story never changes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just excruciating. It's, if I no, don't, no, if I no don't get no on my Twitter feed yeah. and see... My favorite comics disappoint me with their angry political I've views. Muted, I've muted all of them. <laughs> I've muted all of them. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I mean, it's, the, it's 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 a bit much. It's terrible. I think more than anything, it's just outrageous. I do the same thing. What, you, I, you rage about politics on Twitter? Once in a while. Why? I just like Why? I just get weak once in a while. And you no, know, I'm not you're, proud you're, you're of it. feeding the Listen, beast. Listen, I'm sorry. Feeding... I'm here to apologize to the world you are for every of... angry political tweet that I've ever had in my entire life. Trump, e- Trump even derangement. Even if there was a half funny one, not worth it. Well, if it was funny, then that would be different. But I don't see a whole lot of those. Yeah, that's true. And that's the thing is people do suffer from Trump derangement syndrome, yeah. and it makes them so deranged that they no longer even make an attempt to be funny yeah. anymore. And it you is broke everyone's brain. And it's and it's just it's shoveling coal into that freight train. Yeah. That's what it does. And, that, and that's the part that and I've, I've tried to it, it. People just don't see. I talked to Rob Reiner about that because uh-huh. Rob Reiner is one of these guys who gets retweeted for. 25th Amendment now, and it's like, well, Rob, of course you're right. Any fool can tell that what you're yeah. saying is absolutely true, but sometimes you can win the battle and lose the war, and don't you realize how much his people feed on out-of-touch Hollywood people raging against him, even yeah, if they yeah. happen to be completely correct? Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I, I, I get that, and I'm like a... I'm from kind of small town Wisconsin, or that's the story that I go with. Anyhow, is it actually from a medium-sized city? I would say, yeah. Well, La Crosse, Wisconsin, is a little bit recognized. I think it's like fifty thousand people or so. Mm -hmm. I live outside of that. It was smaller growing up, but definitely within. So between uh, La Crosse is about two and a half hours away from. It's right in between Madison and Minneapolis, and two and a half hours away from either. And it's nothing but farms between those i've been out there there's a lot of corn and uh, a whole lot of corn so uh and and i my parents are from like very 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 small like my dad's from like 300 person town or something like that new alban iowa my wife was raised in milwaukee by the way oh nice um and uh, my brother lives in milwaukee and so and i worked in factories and like i travel i i would say i predominantly perform in conservative areas that's Mm -hmm. kind of where the money is i do a lot of stuff in the south i do a lot of stuff in the middle of the country in terms of like clubs and live performing and uh and but I still, people are like, Hollywood elitist. I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm like a normal dude who worked in factories, and now I travel around talking with people of all kinds. But it, it does perpetuate it when you get angry on Twitter. And Yeah, and, and we've all, know. you know, even, even it, TV is probably nuanced compared to the internet, but even TV only allows for a couple of bullet points. You know, like there was a story a couple days ago about Jeremy Piven flips out doing comedy at a fundraiser. And if you look at the facts of it, he did a fundraiser. He hasn't been doing comedy very long. He's not very good at it. People weren't laughing. And he's like, fuck you guys. And I'm just going to keep telling jokes. That's all that happened. Like you could see at any shitty comedy night anywhere in the world. Yeah. But 
these people have every media outlet that's profit driven, which is to say almost every single one of them has like right. five tropes that they love. And anytime they see something that can be Plato fun factoried into that storyline that they know is catnip the for drama. their the, the Hollywood yeah. liberal rages at, you know, flips out on crowd at sex abuse, you know, uh, survivors benefit thing. And it's, it doesn't matter. The facts don't matter. These are just the stories they it, want to hear. Yeah. I mean, even it's it's uh, so most of what news does is it takes like these it sensationalizes Mostly anomalies. So, like, a shark attack happens, and then you go, like, look, there's this shark. Isn't that horrific? And then people are like, oh, my gosh, I better not get in the water Mm -hmm. because there was a shark attack halfway around the world. There was one shark attack this year, so I better stay out of the water. Oh, my gosh. Newsworthy only because of its rarity, and yet we're going to take that and say, well, this just goes (laughs) to show that's the way of the world nowadays. Right. And And then, like... Then late night goes and and then so so it's already taking like the news is already taking this sliver of reality and exaggerating it to this ridiculous extent and then late night comedy which I enjoy I mean this is like one of the big I used to watch David Letterman I used to record it every single day with my big dreams of being a stand up comedian when I was a kid and stuff but but then they take the sliver of the news that is the most ridiculous and then they exaggerate it to the most outrageous and so you're not getting <laughs> yeah now all of a sudden sharks are attaching attacking Jimmy Kimmel on stage right and it's it's just uh and, and so then and I think now people are like watching late night and they're like oh is this what comedy is is like this is just like angry we're we're just yelling so now i i feel like clubs and everything are taking a hit as well and people are like well i don't want to like even if i'm way against trump mm-hmm. i don't want to be reminded of like when i'm out for a laugh and if i'm for trump i don't want to be yelled at when i'm out for a laugh and so uh, the man's just uh, people are like oh this will be great for comedy it's the whole administra it's just ruined comedy and it, it's a it's uh aspect of why i think it's timely for my show which is the science show so i'm like no yeah. politics we're just talking about science no and i want to talk to you about that in, in a second i i thought it was so funny the what they just had the emmys or something and on the other radio show that i do the host jason said so what do they just talk about trump the whole time and then our producer andrew goes no 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 they did they didn't do any trump um they they did like a me too and maybe it was like maybe it was like racial inclusiveness or something right. like that and I was like oh wow so they boldly avoided bullet point number 1 just so they could spend 3 hours on 2 and 3 uh, yeah yeah and i see it man to your point i was out at the comedy store the other night and there are some great world class comics and it's a lot. There's a lot of material about Me Too, and I feel like so much of it is straw man stuff, where they say, "Oh, well, people say blah blah blah." And I'm like, you <laughs> yeah. know, I've never actually. Met, <laughs> I know. I see that online. I've never actually met that person, and you're just setting up that person that everybody in the room has never met and already agrees that we we all hate that person, even but, if that fake person has a point. They're way over the top about it, just to knock <laughs> it down. And I'm I'm just tired of the conversation. I think we all kind of have the basic points of it, and yeah. I'm not sure that there's a whole lot of comedic meat left on the bone but isn't it so much fun to like you're you're driving in your car you have whatever your political views are whatever uh, we all have values we all have biases you have whatever yours are isn't it fun to just like create that 
person of the the stereotype in your head of 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 your opposing view and then argue with that thing <laughs> that you've created in your head and then win that argument you're like see and my points are right i've just won an argument with an imaginary person i think about that i created in my head yeah i think about that like every time i see a particularly like uh, a stringent political bumper sticker on a car that's just like you know i, I whatever the the you know oh, i can't, I I can't think of like a, a slogan kind it of thing says top of my head. so much about a person but you just know that the person who put that on their car just smoothed out the bubbles took a step back and was just like try coming back to that <laughs> i know bumper stickers are so so wonderfully outrageous yeah uh, it, it, i yeah, mean if yeah, it's, d- democracy at its trashiest it really is i mean if you if you go in to say like a convenient say you go into a truck stop like you can have a good sense of like what um political views are are like maybe not the best if 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 they're like next to the bumper sticker that's like the fart joke or whatever and then there's like the one next to it is your political ideology then you might be like (laughs) well maybe that point of view is for suckers a little overly simple right (laughs) right and i but yeah i i love it i love uh i love what I love how cars uh, express, like people get cars to express things about them. There's this book, Spent, this evolutionary psychologist, a uh, chapter of it, Jeffrey Miller is his name, uh, a chapter of it breaks down like what each car says about you. So there's like these five kind of personality traits some psychologists like to me- measure, like conscientiousness, like how organized or whatever you are, agreeableness, um, neuroticism, extroversion, and... Uh, and uh openness and so each kind of brand of car says like a a certain thing about each of those criteria but it's it's funny to like i like i like uh, because i'm from a small i grew up around a lot of like tough guys guys trying to be tough and i i that was also like a part of i went through a phase of trying to fit in and be like a and so like i have I an eye being for a, it like a denim jacket shit kicker <laughs> yeah yeah i was i was definitely like i was very rebellious i liked uh, yeah uh i got in a lot of fights early on in my life and but but now it's all very silly to me so i really love when i see like really macho stuff on the like i saw like one, um, I saw a Jeep recently, and the Jeep, you know, the Jeep has a has like the the um, tire on the back, the spare tire on the back. Sure, for, for whatever in case reason, you get caught hanging off a cliff in the jungle. <laughs> yeah, and next to this tire, there was this enormous car jack, this enormous bright red car jack, like six feet tall or something like that on the and it was just like so bright and so like look at my car jack i like is that is that a selling is that what you're bragging about like i got the biggest car jack that there is it's just the most bizarre thing that people this is this represents who i am yeah it's funny how yeah how people choose to uh advertise their motivations to the world and and in the ways in which their motivations to the world come across without perhaps them being fully aware of it yeah so uh well i want to talk i'm not sure if you tell me 
podcast or, or, or documentary first? Which one you want to talk about? Uh, either one. My podcast is a science podcast where I interview like biologists and neuroscientists. Yeah, and I love a this. Lot of, like, I love evolutionary this. psychology and biology stuff. Um, my documentary is kind of it was about the science of psychedelics, but I also did a bunch of psychedelics during the documentary and right. ultimately lost my mind. Right. Okay. So let's do that um, one first. I, under- so- I, under- I understand you were recently insane. I was. Yeah, I was in a psych ward a year ago. I was in. I was insane again earlier this year. How recent um, are we talking about here? Uh, what time is it? <laughs> um, I. <laughs> uh, I lost my mind. I. I had another um, psychedelics or something that had always been very good to me my entire life okay. until they weren't, um, and then uh, and then I had and because I really overdid it shooting this documentary trying to like capture everything and take that uh, Ari Shafir <laughs> and uh, lost my mind and then l- late last year. Um, I was kind of dabbling my way back into that world and uh, slowly and just had like a mushroom trip um, on like just before New Year's last year and it just triggered something. I I, I must have something built in my mind, some, uh, you know, some um, pathways built in my mind now that can be accessed uh, easier um, than they could before. And it was just like, it didn't turn off. And then I was just kind of tripping for, uh, you know, a couple weeks probably. And when you're tripping for a couple weeks, it doesn't like slow down. It kind of gets worse and more, it kind of gets, uh, more intense as, as time goes by. So, uh, I would say, uh, late January was when that kind of fire got put out through, um, through mood stabilizers and then uh got off those went through a deep dark depression because uh, you're not really supposed to like go cold turkey off of meds like that but i did and then i've uh, been fantastic since about april i've been the uh slowly becoming the best version of myself that i've ever been so i you can't believe don't... that oh i absolutely but i mean most of the people in my life believe that as well okay I'm, yeah. i want to know about the people in your life to the extent that uh, I'm trying to imagine what happens when I take mushrooms and I don't come down and I'm an adult man. Do you have? Do you have? It's hard. Do you have a? Do you have a partner or somebody that? You... Yeah. Uh, I mean, she didn't really know exactly what to do. Uh, but you were at least able to be frank with her. I feel like I would be embarrassed about mm, dealing with that situation. Well, I mean, I guess you... this is more your job than mine. Yeah, I mean, I was. She's a social worker, mm-hmm. so she's used to kind of dealing with people having mental issues anyway that's handy um so yeah so that was handy i i I mean i went uh i went very manic and um and there's some psychosis in there as well but is she is she a tiny bit crazy as well mm, she has like some depression issues and stuff i don't know my my wife's not that not crazy and can't relate has like sort of more of an immigrant attitude towards insanity Hmm. and so it's very hard for me to go too crazy because at a certain point she's like she'll indulge me for an hour or two and then it's just like yeah or or you could just try getting your fucking shit together and just fucking put your nose to the grindstone and do your shit pussy yeah yeah and well which is is a great attitude at times but not for what you were going through right yeah i was like um thought i had figured out time travel and was connecting with you know these different 
interdimensional beings and that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, that Does any thing. of the shit that you thought of then, do you think, still hold water now? Well, I mean, I uh, look, to write any of this stuff off as being like, well, that's just crazy is... Uh, not helping anyone because it's like it's it's fine that if it's like wrong and a miscalculation but still you need to ask like well crazy how and how is the brain perceiving almost all of our perceptions are are fickle and you know biased in in some in some way Um, i don't think things that you think of on drugs are necessarily crazy no i don't think so either um but but i think that uh i think a lot of it for me i what here's here's my kind of sciencey take on uh a lot of people in the uh, deep into the psychedelic worlds would say that you're connecting with entities or uh different dimensions or something my take is it's very much like uh the inner workings of the mind are much like the movie inside out um if you've seen it or this this uh pixar film this girl has these different uh, oh i got out of that one i go to all that bullshit i got out of that one my wife and kids saw it right i'm familiar with the basic beautiful i've seen the poster um yeah so this different girl has these different emotional states in her head and like these emotional states are like building and navigating these different worlds in the mind for like the emotion imagination land and this is where this is the dream factory and and i think that our inner world is i think it's overly simplified but i think that our inner world is like that that's why you do when uh, these psychedelics and you kind of see these kind of things i think that there's these little like supervisors inside of your head kind of putting together these i i think what might be you know someone has some like dmt or ayahuasca trip and you like see this thing that seems like it's god and it's controlling all of these things that might just be the thing inside your head that's like in charge of like farting and like is doing these really sophisticated calculations of like is this the appropriate time how is it going to smell what is it going to sound like and all these things that are like that seem like from its point of view to be very magical and complicated and there is a lot of criteria that has to be evaluated in the brain that we take for granted right. between every fart choice that we make and it might ultimately be just a part of this very stupid process that yeah. might that might be what this entire universe is for all we know right and, right right no i i think about that a lot everybody who everybody their life feels like the center of the absolute universe so somewhere in their brain there is this just like well, i gotta do this and i gotta do that and right. this this haunting, looming fear of whatever your worst two or three fears are. And I think about that, too. It's all perspective with uh, and the end of the original Men in Black really touched on that with the whole world is just inside the little toy the alien's playing with that, like, uh, maybe every little boy's thought of this, that, like, if you, like, decide to wantonly, like, crush an anthill, if the ants have newspapers... That's that's nine eleven, and that's something right. that they will be telling their that's grandchildren Godzilla, about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was that that was the apocalypse because they only knew the world to extend for ten feet, and right. you destroyed three of it. Right. You know, so it is all relative. And and this is what kind of our inner worlds mm-hmm. seem. And but I just had some, you know, I had some strange stuff that was like overly coincidental that was happening. Like I had some visions during some trips. Um, that I didn't take very seriously until it seemed like they were like coming true later on. And then that's when things got like way too real for me. And then I was kind of trying to make sense of like, well, how was that? How did that happen? How did, how did, uh, like, for example, the, um, the, the last one I talked about New Year's, I, I had this, uh, as you were talking, it reminded me of this, um, the alien and the toy. I had a, 
I had a mushroom trip. My mushroom trips are more intense now because I've done um, DMT and other psychedelics that built new pathways in my mind. So I tap into some different spaces than I used to when I used to do mushrooms before all that stuff. So I had this mushroom trip where I um, saw, and, and I'm just taking this as a, you know, a hallucination, just a little, you know, I'm closing my eyes and I'm watching a little dream in my head that, you know, I'm not taking it any more seriously than that. And I see this, um, this, uh, like these, it, it was almost exactly that. Like I was this raggedy Ann doll and some alien was like letting its kid play with me. And I, I just, it was clear as day. And I shared that with my girlfriend. I was like, this one, it just seemed, it just had a different feel to it than a regular like hallucination. It just seemed so real. And it was like this. So I'm going to share it with you just because it just, there was something about it. And, um, two days later I got uh, a text from, there's this researcher who I met. I, I sometimes help facilitate uh, mushroom trips in Jamaica where it's legal and there's, uh, there's this myco meditations down there. Anyway, that's big of you. Um, and so I, so there's this, uh, researcher down there who I had, I had met her, her daughter. She was there with her family and, um, and you know, we were, playing games and whatnot i don't know her 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 daughter took a her little like four or five year old daughter or whatever took a liking to me and so a few days after the this is like three four four weeks after uh, after i come down off this mushroom trip i get a text from this woman and she goes hey my my uh john or whatever his name uh, my husband uh found this old raggedy ann doll in the toy bin and gave it to frankie that's her daughter's name. Gave it to Frankie, and um, and she named it Shane. And this it was like the exact like date and and time and everything. Right. That, so like, like I a... was experiencing this this hallucination, and so like that happens like one time, and you're like, oh yeah, that's a neat coincidence. It's got a voodoo but quality to it. Sometimes it happens. Uh, it, like when when you're so so when I was in these kind of states when when things were when the mania was really ramping up and i was kind of experiencing something that was like seemed like it was i was like making predictions and they were coming true or something like that mm-hmm. it was really odd it was never anything like i know what the lottery numbers it was never anything like seemingly beneficial to my it was always something like very bizarre like that and um and so when you have like ten of those happen in a day, like what's going on right now? And I and I was, and I was kind of like, you know, this is confirmation bias. This is I I know all these cognitive biases, and it's one of my favorite things to learn about inside. So so you hear about something, you you uh, uh, you'd be like, well, you know, uh, if anyone listening right now, watch out for the color orange and. And anyone that's driving or listening to this, I can guarantee you 99.9% of your visual environment is not orange, but you are looking at the 0.001% of the orange that you are seeing right now, and that's now taken over a large part of your conscious awareness. You've become more aware for it because you have now been primed. Well, the one that people bring up nowadays, I'm always saying that the the 
social the internet companies, the technology companies are spying on us more than they're uh, we are aware of, even though we're aware of some extent of it. It's greater than we're aware of. And that the ads you get on the internet and oh, stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. And, and, and every time I look it up, it's like, no, the BBC did the study. It's confirmation bias. You were talking about sponges, and that's why you notice the ad for sponges. And bullshit, because I'm on a radio show where all day we talk about shit that I don't have any interest in that just comes up because we're having five people having a conversation and then all of a sudden the next day I've got InfoWars ads. Fuck off confirmation uh, yeah, bias. Yeah, but that's yeah, what yeah, that yeah. is. Right, right, right. So, you know, this is me trying to uh, like rationalize what was happening to me. And uh, and I, I don't know what was what from that. Some of it did seem a little real. I mean, even my girlfriend who was skeptical, she was like, you know, I mean, part of it wasn't just that I was crazy. Part of it was like she thought there was like a kernel of truth in some of it. And it was like freaking her out. And like we just didn't know what to do. And now we're in like this weird, trippy, like horror movie seeming. Th- it, it was it was not um, it definitely when things were kind of fun and exciting at first. It's like, oh, am I seeing, am I getting these messages from the future? Am I like some special chosen person or something like that? And things went sideways um, pretty quickly. One was lack of sleep. But uh, once like paranoia and fear uh, got, worked their way into the equation and took over, it just ruined my, all of my ability to um, make any kind of a, sensible choice uh and to see any clarity at all fear is a very powerful motivator and it can make it can really throw off any kind of statistical reasoning or anything yeah you you wake up to a sound in the middle of the night and you know that that's probably not someone breaking into your house but man try shaking that idea out of your head you know now it's just in there and well what if it is so well the cost involved of of someone actually breaking into your house even if it is right very low that that the probability of that happening if that is the case that it's had the cost involved is a life or death situation it so becomes sort of enormous... rational to be irrational right exactly and uh and so so, and then there was there was just you know we we all have these uh, we we all have imaginations you you and you can have you can create stories you can imagine what you'll do you can run simulations imagine what you'll do later today tomorrow five years from now and uh, and you're kind of imagining this thing and it seemed like whatever was happening between. It, it seemed like whatever limiter or, or whatever gateway would normally in my head let me know the difference between, say, like, knowing I'm watching fiction on television or knowing whether I'm watching a documentary or, like, quote-unquote reality on television. Whatever that was seemed to be impaired. It seemed like there was no... It seemed like my imagination, my dream states, and my perception of reality were all mixing together, and it was becoming really difficult to discern uh, which, uh, what was real and what wasn't. Yeah, you you were crazy. Oh yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. I I uh, I forget the we used to call it schizophrenia, and now I think we identify that 
as something else. I think we all, in the popular people who are aware of the term had the definition of it wrong. But I dated a girl who had a cousin who would watch the Mexican soaps because mm-hmm. he was sure that oh that's my girlfriend and that's her father. She doesn't want us to be together. He just couldn't distinguish between a TV show and yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. then there was the self-aggrandizement that went with it. Yeah, yeah, he didn't see himself as some minor player in this story. He saw himself as a central figure in it. Yeah, there's a there was a lot of egocentrism was yeah. a, as abound. I mean, I think a lot of it was very telling about um, aspects of the human condition that that we see uh, perpetuate themselves in much more nuanced ways. In our, but we all kind of are the center of our own little universe, like we mentioned earlier, and and having you know having experiences like that that only exaggerate like well i guess maybe i'm god and i created all of this um i mean it, that's it's just kind of the um exaggerating what's already kind of happening in our head but just to a much crazier extent so i found the whole process uh, uh very very interesting and sure. a real learning moment it was very hard for the people around me it was very imagine. hard for my girlfriend and my family and you know the people that were worried about me i kind of had a very good sense that you know this was um you know transient and that this was a passing i mean i still had my uh i still had all sorts of my regular uh, cognitive abilities and uh, ability to ration it was just my my emotional states were kind of uh quieting the the rational aspects of my mind and and making making me um uh, kind of value some of these illogical ideas uh, a bit more than I should have and so uh but I mean it was fascinating it's given me a lot of empathy for what people go through that are experiencing things like that on a on a more permanent basis and um it's given me some insights into potentially how the mind is working and who knows maybe even what this universe is all about I don't know yeah it's interesting Um, to to think that there's so we have this apparatus of our brain. Okay, there's a bunch of seemingly unrelated things that do will I promise add up to something. You know, people say it's yeah. in, it's in the it's the ideas out there in the ether. What we only use like two percent of our brain, and mm-hmm. then they go, well, no bullshit. Evolution doesn't leave uh, <clears throat> things around that we don't need. It doesn't support parts of our life system that are less than fully necessary. We can talk about evolution separately. I yeah. I, I take an interest <laughs> in evolution as I know you do cool. as well, but. You know, the brain is like whatever percentage it is of our body weight, it takes up like 25% of our energy of our food and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So we're supporting a lot of functions in our brain and there's no way that um, evolution or adaptation would allow us to support so much brain shit that wasn't actually doing us any practical good. So the fact that we have and retain this capability, there's this whole section of hardware in there that can deal with and process this bizarre shit, this far out stuff that has nothing to do with eating or fucking or shitting or getting a job or procreating or anything like that. Mm -hmm. The fact that that part of the apparatus exists, I think it is obviously we are not going to find out in this realm if there's a God or if there's meaning to all this, but the fact that we are able to 
our mind can live in that world, we wouldn't have the ability to access that world mentally and have those sorts of thoughts if they didn't have some value to our overall existence. So it speaks to just that existence, whether or not you're tapping into it, the fact that you have that capability, there must be more to life than is apparent because we're built to deal with more than is apparent. Yeah. I mean, I would say from uh, from a skeptic, I, I agree with everything that you say. If I say I'm talking myself down from <laughs> being a little too manic or taking some of those ideas uh, too overly seriously, um, is I would say that one, sexual selection throws off everything, and it does allow for a lot of mechanisms to be built for, which seemingly don't have a lot of utility. But for us to be able to advertise ourselves with our uh, verbal fluency, with our creativity, with our problem-solving abilities, uh, even for uh, problems that may or may not be there, there's, uh, there's, you know, no, no one, no one needs a six-foot carjack bright red on the back of their jeep until you but do. you're advertising <laughs> the, until you do but but uh it, i think there's more practical carjack than that. but <laughs> but there there's uh, uh but you're it, it's it's so there actually it's a great example because there is utility you can there is a use for that carjack and it's not used very often it's just there for when you need it and a lot of it's been hijacked just as this advertisement of this like oh look at this is this cool interesting different way of displaying a carjack uh, which ultimately might seem kind of silly um to to outsiders but much of our i think much of our internal world is i think a lot of our intelligence has kind of been we have this runaway sexual selection where it's uh, it's not just survival of the fittest. It's not just staying alive. It's who can be the wittiest, who can draw enough attention to themselves. You know, there's a lot of status involved in and how how we have been selected through evolution. And then, and then also in terms of our ability to uh, cooperate in in large numbers, some people think that that was like seventy five thousand years ago. This kind of last time that we evolved this. Um, that our brains really evolved. There's this uh, cognitive revolution, they call it, and um, and they think that maybe it's because Neanderthals at the time had like more sophisticated tools and everything um, than than um, humans did, and and larger brains. So what was it about us that made us successful? They think that maybe. Uh, this sense of imagination and this ability to, when you talk about meaning, this ability to even like think like, oh, there's a greater purpose. There's this grand was something that you could get a lot of people to collect over. Before that, we were in tribes of like 50 people or so and we were vulnerable. And then you, you could start getting those 50 people together in larger and larger numbers. And now you could have thousands of people together. And then there was no stopping humans because there was nothing else uh, like that on the planet because physically yeah. we aren't a, we aren't a very dominant species we aren't we aren't like a silverback gorilla or something like that or a bear um right and if people will fight hard for a king just look how hard they'll fight for a god yeah exactly so uh, so that that could have been selected for uh, you know it's not necessarily that that uh well because we are able to think about 
what's going on outside of this universe or think of the idea that we're living in a simulation, which I kind of believe, um, that it necessarily uh, means that we are, you know. I get that. Uh, and that leads me to – so I haven't seen your documentary, Psychonautics, yeah. but – I watched the trailer and I came away with questions and impressions strictly based <laughs> sure. on the trailer. Very attention grabbing. It is. It is. And I don't want to like rehash my shit because people listen to my show know all my shit. But basically, you know, I did drugs and I took mushrooms and shit like that, and they worked for me for a few years, and then they didn't work for me for mm-hmm. a lot more years. And I'm I, I'm in a very happy, uh, stable place in Great. in my me life. Too. And uh, so. The guy says in the trailer, I'm paraphrasing, if you don't want to melt your construct of reality, why would you take psychedelics? Like, mm-hmm. why would you take them and expect any other? That's what that's what they do. So why would you expect anything else? And I'm like, right, see, that's the reason why I'll never do it again. I am well aware that I have made my own separate piece with reality, as every human being uh-huh. must. And I am under no illusion that it's uh, any more rational or reality-based than anybody else's. It just seems pretty rigid, and it seems to work pretty well for me, and I am not the person who needs to break it down yeah. because I'm one of the lucky ones who happens to have found you know, a, 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 a pleasant, survivable enough little alcove in reality. Yeah. But then, but then the, the trailer takes a twist, right? Because then there's the woman who says, and I'm par- probably paraphrasing, if you feel like you're going to die, die. If you feel like you're going to go crazy, go crazy. Yeah. I am the guy who got good enough at having bad trips that I was able to be in a tent at the Glastonbury Music Festival in 2000 while all my friends went to go see Cypress Hill, sitting there, mud, shit smell everywhere, surrounded by balloons that we'd blown up in there, just going, it's not real, dude, don't worry, don't worry, it's bad, it's bad, it's bad, it's bad, it's bad, it's bad. Don't worry about it, dude. It's not real. This you've been here before. Ride it out. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad for like three hours until uh-huh. I finally had to urinate so bad and couldn't do it in the tent that I was like, "You are either going to get lost on mushrooms in the middle of an English shit-filled countryside, or you're going to get your shit together and go fi- figure out how to get to the urinal and get back over here." And watching your documentary, I was like, I- I- "Am I?" Do I really need to embrace the insanity of it that bad? Am I the poster child for the guy who it's like if you are so afraid of going crazy on these things, then you are the exact person who needs to go crazy on these things. You need to break on through the other side. Yeah, I mean, I am very cautious about being prescriptive for anybody. No, I no, am, no, no, no. I am absolutely. I'm not going to do what you tell me to do, Shane. No, I mean even to the <laughs> listener. And uh-huh. and uh, and and I what I liked about. Um, that, uh, you know, it's certainly me going crazy changed the vision of what the documentary was going to be about. It changed things dramatically. And I think in an entertaining way was a silver lining of all that thing. But another nice silver lining was it was, it was a bit of a warning. The the documentary without that happening would have been a lot more glorifying of the psychedelic world than, and me having uh, gone crazy did at least gives people a little bit of caution which i think is warranted and and i think that uh uh you know i've been an advocate for psychedelic research not necessarily everyone going out and taking them at, especially at music festivals when there's overwhelming stimulation and all of that um but i would say that uh like first off if if i were to give anyone any advice and be like you know diet and exercise is a real well-tested 
clear way to in, increase productivity and wellness and happiness in your life and you get your rest and you do your things. And Quality that's just so too. boring right. for people to hear. People just don't want to hear that. And uh, But people love hearing about drugs. And so drugs were uh, also this great way of me just getting people to uh, sit down and listen to me tell them a little bit about how the brain works. I've been doing themed shows about how the mind works and about evolution for years now. And, uh, and this psychedelic show was something that, um, I always kind of had in my back pocket when I tried it out, people just took, and I, all of a sudden I could do like the smartest material that I could ever, uh, that I had ever done. And I was able to talk about our perceptions and consciousness in a way that I never could in a comedy club. And, um, and that's, so I used psychedelics as a tool to kind of get towards, uh, deeper meanings of just encouraging mindfulness and taking care of ourselves a, a little bit more. Um, I hope I didn't encourage too many people along the way to do all of the ayahuasca all at once and all of that. But, but, uh, that guy was probably going to do it. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Looking. That's that whole, like, if you ask a bartender for advice or you ask a priest for advice, the guy who comes to you for advice about, should I take psychedelics? Like has already made up his mind. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get a lot of great messages from people all the time that they did, did do psychedelics because they heard me talking about them in you know, a, a thoughtful way or whatever. And, uh, and positive experience once in a while I get, one where someone's going through something similar to what I went through and uh and they're like trying to contact me through like Facebook for help I'm like I can't you know I can see where you would going the wrong like, like a beacon down the wrong path right. yeah yeah um no and, I'm super super pro I've had my handful of bad of great experiences are what made me endure all the bad ones I'm oh, super pro psychedelic I don't think I would have a science podcast today I don't think I would be any I don't think I'd be the person I am today in 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 a positive I and I like who I am and mm-hmm. I think I think I like to do good in this world and spread some laughs and have some fun along the way and uh and I don't uh, my life envisioning my life had I never done a psychedelic is a horrifying thought to me. Hmm. I think I'd be working in a factory right now and uh, exceptionally miserable and n- nothing against factory workers. But I did a lot of factory work and I'm glad that I got out of it. Um, and uh, it, it was it's. Uh, when when they say like mind expanding and mind all uh, you, you know consciousness expanding that that's not like some woo hooey nonsense this is you can take mris of people on LSD, they've done this, and there's new connections being formed in the mind. It doesn't mean those connections are correct. It doesn't. That's that's what people need to know. Like if you experience something, it doesn't mean like you actually saw this god or a cartoon cat or whatever it might be. Um, but but it does. Uh, it can reveal some new pathways in the mind, and it can make you more um, uh, more mindful of just things things about yourself that uh like say egocentrism it was just a good lesson of like you know check your ego for me when i went through all that and like i was like am i god am i is god talking to me it was like a it was a really you know it was rather embarrassing really after the fact and it was a really interesting thing of like 
well, how big is my ego? If I'm like having a honest conversation with myself, look, I'm a stand-up comedian. I go on in a stage in front of a spotlight and say, hey, everyone, look at me and listen to me. Aren't I interesting? Aren't I special? And I've had to like take some time to like assess how I like what drove me there in the first place and how uh you know how valid any of that is and and how I can still use the platform that I've constructed for myself in a positive way without kind of letting making sure that my ego isn't running away with me yeah and I, I think mean, you're at the right stage and you're 38 right yeah that's because I'm 41 and I think you have that like the youthful propulsion of here's the here's the chip on my shoulder and here's what I'm going to do about it and if yeah. you're fortunate enough that you end up anywhere near kind of where you hoped you might end up it's almost like you're like okay well but but then what was the what was the larger point of this right, I right. had the goal but why did I have that goal in the yeah. first place and and then you go and then you know this is great then you come to this conclusion Oh, but I'm in a I'm in a nice place to pivot to something that might actually yeah, be yeah. meaningful or fulfilling in more than yeah. just a I did it, you know, I won the game kind of way. And that's exactly that's I, I kind of had a, a mini break like uh, eight years ago because I had I had got all the things that I wanted, you know, Comedy Central special and uh, the late night and the like, you know, and uh, and I kind of had to look and be like. You know, I wanted to be Mr. Popular, and I wanted to have all the hot girls, and I wanted, and kind of that stuff um, stopped having the same meaning. It, you know, seemed a little juvenile yeah. to me, and and that there's, was there's when no, I there's nothing like getting something to devalue that something. Huh? <laughs> it really is, <laughs> and uh, and that and that's kind of that's when I shifted uh, about seven years ago into introducing more science into my act because that was just a natural interest of mine and and that's how eventually the podcast I've been doing for 4 years developed. Yeah, let's talk about that real quick. We're almost sure. done, believe it or not. 51 minutes 25 seconds flies if you're having a good time. Uh so you the stand up science tour that you're about to launch ties into the the podcast here we are. Yeah, so I've interviewed close to about 200 different scientists that's for awesome. uh for the podcast over 4 and I do them all while I'm traveling. So I go yeah. and I go to a club and I look up some scientists in the area. So I, I have to the Coral Reef today oh thank you uh so i have all of these scientists all over the place um and so and i've been kind of working toward these this for a while so i'm i'm using this i'm going to area starting in the midwest with madison minneapolis chicago um des moines milwaukee and then northwest portland tacoma seattle and then i'll be adding more cities as you know get the kinks worked out and everything but uh but the idea is that uh uh it's it's kind of like a showcase stand-up show except instead of just stand-ups every other act is a scientist doing like kind of like a ted talk thing hopefully a little looser or less less kind of hokey and motivational they'll speaking bring a beer up a on TED stage with yeah, yeah, yeah i, I yeah. got you i got you yeah and then uh and then have a little uh they'll bring every the uh the me the other comic and the two academics back on stage to get the audience involved in a Q&A and make it uh hoping to I've been I've worked very hard to like how do I how do I I mean it makes my act more interesting so this isn't all just some <laughs> some altruistic thing but how how can I get more uh science outreach to uh the public and get more people involved because mostly because it's it's a vision of of the world that 
uh, I I would like to live in a little more if it is is one in which people have kind of these bigger more interesting conversations like I, I was kind of I had a frustrating upbringing where I never got to have like a meaningful conversation with people gotcha. and that's and, the and kind you're... of world I want to live in well cool well I, there's so many things I wanted to ask you about that I didn't get to so I hope we can do this again the next I would time love you're in to Los man. Angeles. great so you're at Shane comedy on Twitter but it's yep. on your phone so uh, if it takes a while to get back to you deal with it and, uh, <laughs> I still check it once a day on my laptop. And the documentary Psychonautics, a comics exploration of psychedelics. Find out about that. And the Here We Are podcast and Stand Up Science Live at Shane, M-A-U-S-S dot com. Thank you.